it's actually not the Nativity reading, but the readings that we've been reading in preparation for the Nativity. Uh, two weeks ago, we read through a number of selections, and tonight we continue on with the angel's announcement to both Joseph and to uh, Zacharias about two special boys to be born. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace." And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when, when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David, 
to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Savior Jesus. Amen. The text for this evening's message is really kind of a theme verse as we talk about St. Lucia. It's from Revelation chapter 7, verses 14 through 17. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water. This is our text. St. Lucia of Syracuse was born in Sicily in about the year 283 A.D. to wealthy parents who were of nobility. However, her father died when she was about five years old, leaving she and her mom without a protective guardian. Her mother, Eutychia, taught and raised Lucia to be a Christian. And from all accounts, Lucia was a devout and pious young woman. In fact, even though she had inherited much wealth from her father, she desired to devote all of it to serve the poor. Her mother, though, would not let her do so. But then an an event happened in the life of Eutychia. Eutychia, you see, had been suffering from a hemorrhage, a chronic flow of blood. And Lucia had prayed on behalf of her mother, asking that her mother would be healed. Evidently, her prayer was answered, and her mother, Eutychia, was restored to health. The hemorrhage stopped. In response to this wonderful gift of healing from God, Eutychia allowed Lucia to have her wish and to distribute the vast majority of her share of the family fortune to the poor. Now there's just one problem with this. Lucia had been unwillingly betrothed to a deceitful young man who was not even a Christian. And he really loved Lucia's wealth more than he loved her. And when she gave away all of the wealth that she had, he was furious. And his greediness drove him to revenge. And he went to the governor of Sicily and he exposed to him that Lucia was a Christian. Now this was during the year of about 303 AD, when Emperor Diocletian was persecuting Christians in the Roman Empire. And so Lucia was brought before the authorities. And she was ordered either to recant of her faith in Christ by either cursing Jesus or by offering incense to the Caesar, or she would die. Well, at the age of 21, Lucia refused to recant. She refused to curse Jesus. She refused to burn incense to the Caesar. And as a result... Lucia was sentenced to be defiled at a brothel because she was known to be a virgin. 
But when the guards came to take her to the brothel, they found that they could not move her. And even though they hitched a team of oxen to pull her, they still could not move her from her spot. And so the guards came and they brought wood and they piled wood all around her. And they tried to set the wood ablaze, but the wood would not burn. And then, according to some tradition, she had her eyes plucked out. And then they began to stab her with a dagger into her throat, eventually killing her. Right to her final breath, when she passed through the Great Tribulation, death itself, St. Lucia believed that she would soon be dressed in a white robe, that she would be gathered around the throne of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, with all the saints of heaven, experiencing a new order of life where hunger and thirst is no more. In fact, she looked forward to the fact that Jesus would lead her to those streams of living water. Her martyr's death made her famous throughout Sicily. And the story of her life and death, with some embellishments, lives to this very day. Particularly in the Scandinavian countries of Denmark and Finland and Norway and Sweden, Lucia is remembered on December the 13th by having one of the daughters of the house dress in a white gown with a red sash. And then she puts a wreath on her head that has candles in it. And early in the morning before the sun rises, this young woman will go from room to room, awaken the family with song, singing, Wake up, Lucia comes today. Oh, be glad, Lucia comes in bright array to light the way to Christmas Day. This day our hearts are filled with love. Oh, be glad, Lucia tells of God's great love and of his gifts from heaven above. And as this young gal in the house would sing these words, she would offer a a breakfast of coffee and gingerbread cookies and St. Lucia saffron buns called in Swedish lusabula. Now there are several reasons for this tradition. I mean, first of all, Lucia is said to have brought bread to the needy, that she was very generous with the poor in her community. And as she did so, she also would tell them about the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Indeed, Jesus provides eternal sustenance to all who believe in him as their Savior. After Jesus had fed the more than 5,000 men, women, and children, Jesus himself declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Lucia dedicated her young life, her short life really, to feeding the poor, not just with bread, but also with that bread of life, Jesus. And St. Lucia reminds us that even as we eat of the bread and life, we too will never grow hungry spiritually in Christ. And as we eat this bread of life, we too are to be moved with acts of charity, feeding the poor among us and telling them about the bread of life. Other aspects of this tradition are also important. The white robe that the woman would wear is a reminder of the holiness of the saints who have died in Christ, and indeed all of those who have died with Christ in holy baptism. It is written of Christians in the book of Revelation, as we just heard, these are the ones that have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. St. Lucia knew that her holiness arose not because of her good deeds that she did, 
but she was holy in the sight of God because of the fact that she had been dressed in the robe of Jesus Christ. She knew that all of her sins had been washed away by the blood of the Lamb slain for the sins of the world. And it was of this Jesus, of this Lamb, that she pointed people's eyes to so that they too might be cleansed of their sin. And what was true of St. Lucia, or Lucia, is also true for us. We're not holy in and of ourselves, but in holy baptism we are clothed with Christ's holiness and righteousness, and, and we look forward to that day when we will also be dressed in a white robe as described in Revelation 7, washed in the blood of the Lamb. The crown of lighted candles is also significant. Maybe you know this, but the name Lucia, or Lucy, means light. So it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that she was blinded by her enemies, by Christ's enemies. Lucia is often depicted in pictures with a golden plate in one hand, with the eyeballs, her eyeballs on that plate. And in the other hand, she has a palm branch that signifies or symbolizes victory over evil. She is the patron saint of blindness, of eye trouble and other eye ailments. But really, the lights that are lit, the candles that are lit in her memory are lit because they remind us that even when she was blinded, even when she had her eyes gouged out of her, she still could see. She could see with the eyes of faith that Jesus Christ was her Savior, and she believed. Jesus said after he had healed the blind man in John chapter 9, For judgment I have come into the world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Yes, the people who were doing such harm to Lucia were blind, weren't they? For they did not confess faith in Jesus Christ. They could see with their eyes, but they really could not see with the eyes of faith. Whereas Lucia, whether seen or blind, still had those eyes of faith that, that believed in Christ as her Savior. And the fact that these candles are put on a crown reminds all of us that we are all victorious over all of our enemies through Christ. And therefore, we too can let our light shine, the light of Christ shine in our lives. St. Lucia did not hide the light of Christ. Lucia bore witness to Jesus as the light of the world in, in life and in death. And in giving away much of her wealth to help the poor, she bore witness to the love and the compassion of Jesus. And in her death, she bore witness to the Savior who is more powerful than hatred and death itself. She testified that she loved the Lord and his salvation more than she loved life itself. And so it is with us. We will no doubt not suffer torture in our lives the way that she did. God forbid. But we are still called to let the light of Christ's love and mercy illumine our daily lives. We are called by our Lord Jesus to bear witness to Christ in our words and our deeds and to take up our cross and follow him. Baptized into Christ, the light of Jesus shines through us in our work, in our recreation, in our relationships, in our conversations, in every corner of our life. 
And so, like Lucia, we experience humility before glory, service before victory, and yes, even death before resurrection. St. Lucia was in many ways a simple follower of Jesus Christ, just like you and me. But what made her a saint, honored to this very day, was that her God-given faith in Jesus Christ and her knowledge of the victory that is hers through him moved her and gave her extraordinary courage, even in the face of horrific, unjust torture. And the love of Christ moved her to sacrificially give her wealth for the good and the benefit of other people. That's what makes her a saint. Like St. Lucia, we are to keep the eyes of faith, to keep our eyes of faith on Christ as well so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Our life will end up where Lucia's life ended up, even where our Lord's life ended up, and that is in death, but unto life. And so what is now only a candle in the dark, so to speak, will soon be the dawning of the everlasting day of resurrection at Jesus' return. Then we'll no longer need the eyes of faith, for we will see our Lord with our very own eyes. We'll see him coming in glory to take us into our heavenly home. Let that joyful event give us endurance to live a life of faith not unlike our dear saint, Saint Lucia. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.